We are excited to introduce to you Prophetic Edge, where we are going to be digging into the revelation of God's Word and what it looks like to walk in victory through the Word of God. Whenever God is ready to move in Scripture and bring victory to people, He always brings a fresh edge of revelation. Now let's take a moment, just a moment, I just want to open up for you an idea, a thought process, a new way of seeing things that may not have crossed your mind before. In this time when everyone is running in their own strength, in this hour where we are not sure what truth looks like, I want you to think about something. We've never lived in a day where people get to tell you that truth isn't true, but we're living in an hour where people say, well, yeah, you saw that, but what you saw wasn't truth. And you heard that, but what you heard isn't true. And so whatever you do, don't you believe your lying eyes and your fibbing ears. It reminds us of some of the movies from the past that we saw. Citizen Kane, some of the great movies from the past, from some of the greatest directors that showed us in the 50s and 60s how people would deal with government, how they dealt with the world. We had our greatest stars, Cary Grant. We had some of the greatest movies being directed by the thinkers of the day who would show us the world from a different perspective, from the perspective of those, someone trying to enter a system who had a heart of righteousness or integrity from a small town, from a far flung place, who was entering into a battle with those who had been seated in power, and whether it was those in those movies, it was about oil or gold or owning land and how there was a battle for those who would tell a lie and those who were trying to corrupt the system. And here comes this little innocent fellow who wants to enter that system and they just refuse to be broken by it. What did we see in all of those movies? It's not changed when we see movies made today about the David and Goliath scenario, whether it's the stories of oil, big business, pharma, whether it's the story of uh, all the way back to Aaron Brockovich, a woman who's trying to deal with a system that was trying to kick her out, whether it's the story of dealing with the broken dreams of an educational system. When we begin to see someone who was, I'm not going to tell you the name of the movie, you should know this, when you have a young Michelle Pfeiffer who's going into a place where she's looking like a teacher and she's encountering these kids, whether you have a Morgan Freeman who was going to be a principal in a school who's dealing with an unjust system and the way people think in all of these places, all the way up to a Hillary Swank who is showing us what it is to be involved in systems that are broken. Why am I touching on all of these? Because many of you may know some of these movies. Whether I agree or disagree with the premise of the movie, what I'm talking about is the plot. The plot was not changing. What was the plot about? Someone righteous dealing with systems that were unrighteous. Every one of you, God is calling you to be a vehicle of change. The kingdom of God is the greatest vehicle for change in the earth. And what is the job of the kingdom? The job of the kingdom is to reveal the goodness, the glory, and the nature of Christ to a world that doesn't know it. But we can't do that without a standard. A standard is when you choose to let God's will, God's way, and God's word become your worship, your warfare, and your will.
It's when you begin to settle your life into his way above my way, his word, not my word, his will, not my will, his way, his worship, his warfare. When you begin to exchange all those W's, I'm using them that way on, a purp on purpose. It's an exchange of W's. My will, I yield to his will. My way, I'll live his way. My words, but his word is better. My worship is good, but his worship exceeds. My warfare, the way I would fight, but his warfare. When I exchange all those words, ideals, ideas, and take on his, that's when victory begins. And that's when a standard is set. Until it is his will, his way, his word, his worship, his warfare, until we take it on from the nature of Christ and do it by the example of the word, as long as there is compromise that we yield to and excuses we make, the world will not follow us because the world has been salted with compromise. It's been saturated with excuses. It's overwhelmed with ideology and it's dying in the midst of created lies and half-truths. And the church cannot participate in the system it's going to change. We cannot be like it and then revolutionize it. We cannot be steeped in it and then seek to transform it. And we cannot tell the world we have a better way when we love the lesser way as long as it benefits us. It's not a better way until it costs you. It's not a higher realm of existence until it hurts you publicly. You have to look like a fool sometimes. You have to be excluded. You have to be kicked out. You have to be the one that nobody wants to run with if you're going to set a new paradigm and a new model. And we've spent so much time trying to be included that we've lost the right to invade. You cannot invade something you're part of. The kingdom invades. It then infects. It then invites and it then inspires. We cannot do any of the latter until we have recognized you cannot invade something that you're sitting at the table eating and rejoicing with. Why am I saying that? In Job chapter 36, I'm going to just throw these couple of scriptures at you and let these speak to you. When Job was in the heat of his battle and all of his friends had accused him of evil or wrongdoing, here comes Elihu. Elihu was the young man who was not really a friend of Job. He was more a student to the older men who were Job's age. And Elihu shows up and Elihu says, may I speak? That's how you know it's a younger person because he's asking for permission to speak into the situation because those of Job's age had the right to speak because of the culture. But when you ask to speak, that's a younger person who has value through their integrity, but they have not yet been given the power of the relationship. And Elihu comes and he begins to speak. Chapter 36, Elihu proceeded and said, suffer me a little and I will show you what I have yet to speak on God's behalf. I will fetch my knowledge from afar and will ascribe righteousness to my maker. For truly my words shall not be false, he that is perfect in knowledge is with thee. Here's the verse. Behold, God is mighty and despiseth not any. He is mighty in strength and wisdom. He preserveth not the life of the wicked, but giveth right to the poor. 
He withdraws not his eyes from the righteous, but with kings are they on the throne. Yea, he doth establish them forever, and they are exalted. And if any be bound in fetters, and be held in cords of affliction, then he showeth them their work, and their transgressions that they have exceeded. He opens also their ear to discipline, and commandeth that they return from iniquity. Now here's the verse, I want to set this in your heart. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. But if they obey not, they shall perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. That seems to be such a heavy verse. And yet that whole passage is magnificent. What does it speak of? It's speaking of how righteousness doesn't deliver you necessarily from trouble, but it brings you into a place where peace and balance are at least seen in the earth through you and around you. My question to many of you is in this hour of half-truths, excuses, lies, and falsehoods, are you listening to the pundits of the day, the voices of the hour, or do you have an Elihu in your life? An Elihu, what is an Elihu? An Elihu is someone who is at least grounded enough in the word whether it's listening to a podcast like this, online ministry, a pastor who is personally in your life, a para ministry, para church ministry that you are connected to, however you do it, or a church you're going to every week, you need to have some voice in your life that is so secure in God that when they speak, it balances out the noise. Too many of us are off kilter. We're out of sync with what God wants to do because we are inundated with noise. We've let the people who would accuse us in our ears, that was Job's first friends, and it's got us defending ourselves. Then we have the noise of Job. He's so bitter at his own situation that he wants to fight everybody. So we've got the spirit of accusation and the spirit of battle. Ah, Sounds like where we are in education, where we are in politics, where we are in government issues, where we are in world matters. Either one side wants to defend itself and fight everybody else, or the other side just wants to accuse, accuse, accuse. And Elihu shows up and says, I am here to simply say, when are we going to hear God? And stop defending ourselves and vilifying others. When are we going to get back to the simplicity of let every man examine his own heart and we'll begin there? Yes, we need to change nations. Yes, we need to change economies. Yes, we need to affect political issues. Yes, we need to invade how business is done in our nations. Yes, we need to deal with all the issues happening in the world. And everything from wars to famine to injustice to how the economies are dealt with to those in our nations who have no voice being mistreated to the homeless issue, to veteran issues, to affairs, to brokenness, to dreams, to school systems that are rotting at the core. All of these things need us to speak into them. But what Elihu reminds us is before you open your mouth to correct another, have you been quiet enough for God to correct you? 
because it feels like we're living in a world where everybody is simply trying to get a higher grade of bitterness. Everybody's buying better poison. Nobody seems to be buying medicine to fix it. Everybody wants to stand up and talk about my poison can kill your poison. My lie can stop your lie. My attack will shut down your attack. But in the kingdom, that's not what we do. In the kingdom, we bring solutions. We heal the earth. We heal the land. We bring peace. We bring joy. I say to each one of you in this hour, I beg of you, as Paul said, I beg you by the mercies of God, stop buying better poison. Let God check your heart, check your own heart. Look inward and outward and ask yourself, do you want to bring solutions to nations or do you want to help bury more people with the bitterness of old ideas, same systems, and unbroken patterns that haven't worked for 400 years in our country, haven't changed thousands of years of interaction in the nations of the world? Are you going to spend your life yelling about how the old way could work if we tweaked it a little bit? That's just buying better poison. Or are you going to be one of the people like Elihu who finally says there is a God in heaven? who sees, who knows, who helps, who intervenes, and who restores. And he has called us to be the vehicles of change. I don't know about you, but I'd rather heal the world than burn it down. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you peace. Be blessed this day in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been Prophetic Edge with Michael Dalton. If this episode has blessed you, please consider sharing it with someone. For more information, ministry dates, and to sow into the ministry, please visit yes-ministries.com. 